Hello, I'm Carrie Gard and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Welcome back to season 11. what do you think of my conversation with Chris Spellman? If you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to skip back and take a listen. Chris is building a media empire over there, generating content that is mission-driven. Given the importance of content these days, keeping it focused, especially around your mission, is a powerful way to ignite your marketing efforts. In this episode, I connect with Kaya Adams and Alexandra McWethy. Kaya and Alexandra work together at WatchGuard. Kaya is a direct is a director of demand generation and marketing operations at WatchGuard Technologies. She's passionate. She's a passionate marketing leader with a proven track record of delivering innovative data and technology-driven campaigns in fast-paced, deadline-driven environments. She's a creative problem solver with analytics, detail-oriented approach. She's hungry to drive results. Alexandria is also a director of demand gen at WatchGuard Technologies. She is focused on developing educational and engaging content that helps small businesses and mid-sized enterprise organizations better protect their employees, customers, and sensitive data. Kaya and Alex are a force. They have teamed up to build a team of business development representatives. They are focused on drumming up leads, then nurturing them to a place where they can pass them off to the sales team. Kaya and Alex break down how they did it, why marketing and sales love this approach, and the early outcomes that they're seeing. Let's take a listen. Kaya and Alex, thank you for joining me on Tea Time Tech Marketing Leaders. Thanks for having, you for us. having us. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to have two of you. This is like <laughs> the best because it just creates so much more momentum. And I can't wait to get into the, the heart of our conversation, which folks, hang on to your hats. It's a good one. It's one I haven't had yet. So you're all going to be very excited about it. I guarantee it. Um, before we get there, though, I do want to share your stories because they're good ones around how you got to watch guard, how you came together. And uh, yeah. What do you do and how did you get there? And I'm going to start with Kaya. Awesome. So I actually started in sales at the very beginning of my career, um, started with cold calling and then moved to my own renewal book of business, but quickly realized that marketing is where I wanted to, to play, uh, moved into agency, spent about 10 years agency side. Um, working with a bunch of technology companies in the Seattle area. Um, and then most recently was with Avalara running their ABM um, team and then really working very closely with their ADR team. So um, their account development rep um, and moved to WatchGuard about uh, almost a year ago now to run their uh, demand gen and marketing ops team. And we, one of our major undertakings was developing this BDR team. So Alex and I have spent the last six months or so plus months, I guess, um, actually building, um, and, uh, get onboarding and getting the BDR team at WatchGuard. It's true. It's been a fun ride, Kaya. <laughs> has been a wild ride. Yes. <laughs> And I can't um, wait to dig into I, that. 
But yes. before we get there, Alex, yes, take it away. What's what's your story? Yeah, so mine's a little bit different. Um, I've I've always been in marketing. I started as a marketing intern, um, always in IT too, in cybersecurity. So I guess 10 years ago, I started as a product marketing intern, um, worked for the same company for quite a few years. It's actually the same executive leadership that's now over at WatchGuard. So it's been really fun to kind of grow my career and journey with a lot of the same leadership at multiple companies. And I've been at WatchGuard for six years now, and I've had a lot of different roles. I've gone through my full journey of product marketing, Um, then I went and worked on our global programs and our global campaigns and kind of find my, found myself working on demand gen. So things like content syndication, managing our forums, our review site platforms and working in events. And I think during my time working on our events is when I really kind of found my, my home working between marketing and sales and building really strong relationships with our sales team, but from the marketing perspective, And so, like Kaya said, we really started building out our new structure um, last year. So in April, I guess, of last year is when I became the director of demand generation programs. Um, So that includes our digital demand gen team, as well as our BDR team, which, as Kaya mentioned, we got to build from scratch, (laughs) from the ground up during a pandemic, completely remote. And it's been really exciting, a lot of fun, and just, I think, a really cool opportunity to be on the marketing side, but really influence and work on the sales side. Um, and something that Kai and I both seem to have some aptitude for in different ways. <laughs> and I came in in April as those promotions were happening and have Alex and then our director of marketing ops um, on the team. So it's been fun. We yeah, started started figuring out what, what this BDR team would look like and then went from there. So it's been very fun. Oh, I like want to dive into my questions, but I'm going to hold because um, I want to follow my flow. And because I think it's important before we like just immediately get into the weeds to remember that we're all people and humans like outside of inside and outside of marketing and to remember that we're not alone. And the best way to realize we're not alone is to know that we're all facing the same challenges. So what's one challenge each of you are facing? And this time I'll start with Alex. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, I think for us, Kai and I have faced very similar challenges, maybe in different ways. Um, You know, one of the challenges with WatchGuard in general, and just kind of where we are is we are a two-tier distribution company. So every sale we do, every business that we close is through a partner, um, which is great. We have amazing partners around the world. We've got thousands of them. And our partners are really a huge extension of our sales team, which is wonderful. But as you can imagine, it does create some challenges on the reporting side, um, just because we lose visibility. um, We don't always know everything that's happening towards the end of a deal. And I think particularly on the marketing side, and as we're building out the business development team, we're focused on end user business. So all of that end user business ultimately goes to one of our global valued partners, um, like how and what's the process for that? And it wasn't defined. And when we kind of, we've overcome some of those challenges in terms of how do we directly connect our partners and our end users? How do we do that through a BDR cycle? How do we do that with the tools we have? But there's definitely still some data and reporting. I don't like to, I like to say opportunities that we're looking at. And I know Kaya's really been digging into that um, on the marketing ops side, uh, but on the demand gen side, we kind of look at that as well. 
Yeah, I would actually piggyback, you know, I think that Alex and I kind of chatted about this and this is definitely one of our, the biggest challenges is really how do we get down to that reporting, right? Because for, for both of us, I think one of our motivators is being able to see the business impact that we actually drive. And a huge way to see that is through understanding for us, we're able to do this with the BDRs, you know, understanding the ops that they're creating, understand what the revenue is that's actually being closed one. Um, you know, both of us, uh, there's a dashboard that Alex and the team built and, you know, both of us are refreshing it on a regular basis. But that those metrics are really motivating and we really need to get to a place where we're able to also show those types of metrics for all of our marketing efforts and have that attribution and that measurement. And that's definitely one of the key areas that I'm, I'm working on uh, with uh, our marketing ops team. Of course, you know, Alex is a big part of that as well, because she's got a lot of insight and um, contribution to lend there. Um, and we'll definitely be, you know, 2022, we started down the track. We definitely have some great ideas. We have the metrics we want to measure. And now it's like, how do we do that with the data that we have? And, you know, do we need different tools to do so? So it's, it's definitely a big place to play. And I think a really exciting one that once we get there, you know, it's, it's so motivating for teams to be able to see that business impact. And, it, and when we get there, I think that the whole marketing team will just be super excited to be able to see the, the real value that they're adding, um, you know, kind of globally. So. Yeah, I mean, I imagine if you have all these partners across the world, try to get them all on the same page to document things the same way so that you can measure it end to end is certainly, certainly a challenge for sure. Um, I may follow up with you and see how you're handling that challenge. <laughs> I look forward to it. Give me a little bit, a little, a little while. Full yeah. time, full time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll connect in December. It'll be lovely. Um, awesome. Uh, you guys have talked a lot about building a team around BDRs and being a marketing team. We don't generally talk about building a sales team. So this has been really fascinating for me. I'm going to play. I'm not going to play. I'm, I'm going to lean into some questions that might feel really obvious at first, just to lay some of the groundwork. So we're all using the same vernacular, right? Marketing loves to have its language and so does sales. And so I just want to make sure we're, I'm understanding all of the lingo that y'all are using. And so, you know, there's the SDRs and there's the BDRs. It sounds like the SDRs are most of your partners out in the field where the BDRs are sitting with you. So yes. generally, so I'd say generally, um, there's kind of three different terms, BDR, SDR, and ADR. So business oh, development yeah. rep, sales development rep, and account development rep. And what you'll oftentimes see with client side is that SDRs are oftentimes inbound. So they're the ones that are getting leads from you know, form fills or from um, events and working those leads uh, inbound. And then BDRs and ADRs are oftentimes more on the outbound side. So more of that, you know, cold calling or not so cold anymore because we have lots of technology to show us intent, um, but the more of that outbounding. Um, and I think for us, we kind of went with the, the BDR as being the team name uh, or team kind of grouping. We are 
as we went along the path, we started more with some inbound as we kind of understood where we could play. Um, and so we do have um, a, two of our reps are, are actually doing inbound um, and we are building our, our outbound processes right now and kind of testing and learning on that and then plan to build out um, the outbound motion a little bit more, uh, hopefully in the next few months. So Alex, what, anything to add there? No, I mean, I think the one other thing to just, from our perspective at WatchGuard, which is a little bit unique, again, is just we are, again, we are 100% channel. So the majority of our internal sales team is our channel account managers, right? And so their job is to make their partners successful. What do those partners need from a sales, marketing, operations, product perspective? And so when it came to building out this team under that sits under marketing, we really wanted to help fill a gap. And so, you know, when you talk about like BDR, SDR, who's who, who's doing what, I think for us, it was having a team totally focused and dedicated to those end users and then being able to pass those to our sales team and our partner and really help enable them. So I know we can totally dig into this more. I'm going to like drop a bomb, but we can dig into it. One of the things we're doing that I think is super unique at WatchGuard is our BDRs are directly set, setting appointments with some of our partners. And that could look like a BDR setting an appointment with the VP of sales at one of our partner organizations, but it could be with one of their SDRs, right? And they kind of take it, have that conversation, take it to the next level, set, you know, take the meeting. So it totally depends on how our partner organizations are set up, what they're doing, but really having this team that can handle inbound, outbound, you know, whatever else we need it to be in the future um, and get that new opportunity for our partners and our channel account managers to just make everybody's life a little bit easier. Outbound sales has always sort of been a head scratcher for me because I thought that's what marketing was supposed to do. So when you're talking about a sales team doing what marketing's supposed to do, it say more. <laughs> I mean, outbounding is a place where we're really growing right now. So we have our BDR team lead focused on building the processes, focused on how we do it. And I think what's exciting for Kaya and I is we are very much ABX groupies. Like we love account-based things. We talk about it. It's Kaya's one of like the very first people I met where we just talked about ABX and knew what the other person was saying. Um, and so it's exciting for us because we are building an outbound team on those principles and with that foundation. So using some of our tech stacks tools that leverage intent and talk about, you know, what in-market stage they're in, why are they in that stage? What are they doing? And so, I mean, yeah, I think it is, we help that on the demand gen side, we're running programs, we're driving traffic, we're doing all those things. But on the sales side, it's really taking it that one step further, right? Having that conversation, looking at that intent data, and saying, this is what I know is interesting to you. How can we have this conversation? How can I help you? I mean, said it in a more salesy way, not I'm spying on you way, um, <laughs> but it's really exciting, right? And that's what our BDR team leads doing right now. And it's this, again, like this bridging the gap between the marketing piece and the sales piece to help get it to the other side. And I know Kai is very passionate about outbounding, so... I mean, we are, I mean, it, it is a joint effort, like Alex said, right? Like we are definitely looking at the accounts 
um, that are showing intent where they are in their buying stage, making sure that we are marketing to them in the channels that we have available to actually connect with those accounts and to reinforce the message. And then at the same time, um, having the BDR team actually contact them, engaging the buying team, looking for um, who are the personas within that account that they should be contacting, what um, we're using, we use outreach, but what sequences should they be using to actually contact that um, account? What are they, what are they showing intent for? Um, we do use Sixth Sense. And so they are able to say, these are the, the pages they visited. Here's the keywords. How do you put the, you know, do you put that in the subject line and actually get their attention? You know, so all of those different research pieces um, that they have available and then to actually make the biggest difference that they can to actually make traction into that account. So it, it is a coordinated sales and marketing effort, um, you know, and we're lucky enough to have that kind of uh, BDR team on, on the marketing team, which really, the thing I've been really excited about is that uh, with Alex and then Morgan as our lead BDR, who's been taking that kind of um, outbound process, we're able to actually use the tools and experiment with them. You know, we oftentimes in marketing will, you know, invest in a tool like Sixth Sense and try to get the team to utilize it. Um, and, and oftentimes they do, but, but we don't get as much hands-on uh, um, experience on what is working well, what is not working well, how can they use it differently? What can we do on the marketing side to support them? What information do they really need in order to do it better? You know, we don't necessarily get that one-to-one -one feedback or that, you know, really collaborative feedback to be able to kind of augment. So that, to me, that's one of the really exciting pieces of being able to really understand what's working and what's not working and how we can make it work better. Agreed. <laughs> it sounds like in thinking about BDR as a marketing extension and a bridge to the sales team in, in thinking about it from an outbound standpoint, that seems to make a ton of sense. It's the personalization piece. I think that exactly. we're all trying to figure out how to do from a marketing standpoint which is so hard to do. How could you personalize something if you don't have people involved? So exactly. And that's one of the things that we're actually been working on recently with Morgan, you know, and it's, it's interesting being very um, there, there's a balance between even, even that personalization from a, a, a marketing versus a sales um, perspective. I think, you know, marketing definitely has a way of writing and a way of personalizing and sales has a whole different way of, of doing that, you know? And so how do we collaborate? Um, and we lucked out Morgan, I'll let Alex talk a little bit about, about Morgan and, and what she's doing for the team, but we lucked out because she does have a lot of um, sales experience and she's got watch guard experience too. Um, so she's really able to, to um, collaborate with us and understand the message that, that needs to be sent there and then collaborate on that personalization. You know, we're also bringing in obviously multiple touch points. So, you know, the calling, emailing, but also LinkedIn, um, also looking at, you know, the dimensional direct mail that everybody is loving right now, right? Like, so how do we bring all of those together? And then how do we learn what's working well and what's not working and then document that and then grow the team so that we're able to actually utilize what does work well. So super exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's been, Kaya and I were talking the other day, like one of the best things that happened to us is that Morgan, <laughs> Morgan joined our team as the lead BDR. So um, 
She was at WashGuard as a channel account manager, left earlier in the year, last year. Um, and when we opened this role, you know, she was one of the best things about WashGuard is we stay in touch with our employees. Our leadership is great. I mean, you have a lot of employees that leave and come back to WashGuard. We call them boomerangs. And Morgan, we like to say, is the fastest boomerang at WatchGuard, and she came back to our team. But she just brings this depth of experience on the sales side, and particularly in that channel account manager role, which, again, she knows what they're doing day to day. She knows what they need. She knows how we can help them. And so she's just been such a great asset in how do we make the BDR team really fit and how the processes and the flows work on the CAM side. And it's just been great for me. You know, I, I've done marketing forever. That's what I've done. So I write emails and I'll have Morgan give them a sales proof, right? But Morgan will write emails and have me give them a marketing proof. And so it's a really great synergy in having someone with so much sales experience within kind of this outbounding bubble that we're able to really create like the best of both worlds and work off of each other. And it's not marketing saying, hey, I wrote you this email, just send it exactly as it is. And it's not sales saying, I wrote this email, I'm just going to send it. Like we're doing it together to try to create the best product and process as possible. And she's just a huge value to our team. And without egos, right? And so it is truly collaborative. Like it is able to be like, oh, that didn't work. Let's change it, you know? And that's, I think, been the amazing thing with the BDR team as a whole um, is that, that we kind of were very honest with them when we were hiring of like, Hey, this is a new thing we're starting. There's going to be, we're going to have to change as we go. We're going to learn, you know, we, we don't know what we don't know yet. Um, and they've done an amazing job of being super flexible, um, and super open to, okay, this is interesting. I've enjoyed learning this. I, I, I kind of want to dig into this more. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So I want to pull up a little bit because we dove right into the weeds, which is my sweet spot and where I love to live. But for our listeners, I want to make sure we give context to, um, to what you all got going on here. So I'm going to say something and then you're going to correct me and add to it because that's just how I roll. So what I, what it sounds like you're saying is you have your marketing team, which is very much, I'm going to call it awareness-based where it's initial touch points. It's, hey, you've never heard of us before, but here we are. It's maybe working through intent and the funnel around, but it's very top of the funnel, I'm going to say. You're going to correct me. It's going to be great. And then the BDR team is more of that, okay, where is the tent? Where are people like starting to make those, create those connections? They're further down the pages. Maybe they're looking at pricing. Maybe they're looking at demos. Let's have a conversation and see where they're at. I'm not going to push them. I'm just going to see what's going on and see if I can get them on the phone. So when I get them on the phone, let's have a conversation. Let's figure out what's up. And then if they are ready to go, hot damn, let's move them over to sales and let's let the sales team handle it. Did I capture that? Where did I go wrong? What do you have to add? Alex, you, you go first. Okay. I mean, it's. I think it's close. I think that one of our big goals and one of our objectives is looking at all of our core segments, all of our core prospects and audiences, and really moving them down into the buying stages that make them ready to talk to our BDRs. So one thing Kyle loves is to build really crazy PowerPoints. She's got this 700 PowerPoint slide deck that has all the slides ever. And one of the slides is, 
it's like two triangles coming in at opposite sides. So it's where marketing starts really heavy on the awareness side. Like you said, we're really involved there. That's where we start. That's how we're looking at accounts. We're really trying to move them down. That doesn't mean we don't talk to them when they get to consideration or decision, right? We're still having those conversations. We're on and maybe the background, right? Trying to drive them to fill out a form or talk to sales or get to that next step. And I think where you see in, in Kaya's slide, where you see sales really start to pick up, they're not doing that much in awareness, right? They're not having those conversations. They're not necessarily there. But as those accounts move into consideration, late stage, into decision, there's overlap where marketing's maybe slowing down a little bit, but sales is really picking up. And then once they're in that kind of purchase piece, purchase process, that's where, just like you're saying, the BDRs are passing it over to the CAMs or the partners, setting those appointments to, you know, we've qualified them, we've understood what their challenges, what they're trying to do. Now let's take into the next step of finding the right partner, finding the right product, what's the package they need, what's the specific technical requirements, and kind of passing it there. So I don't know that we see marketing as one piece, one side or the other. I think we see it across the entire journey. It's just maybe we're noisier on one side and we get a little bit quieter towards the other side. Your slide inspired me so much, Kaya. Yeah, I, I'm like, I have nothing to add that. Yeah, I'm like, we never, <laughs> I, I was like, I don't think marketing ever stops talking to them, but it's definitely a reduction in the amount that we're talking to them as sales picks that up. So hundred percent. Yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> let's talk, let's, let's break this down a little bit because I think this is really helpful in, in pulling up and then, and then zooming in. So, because I feel like the, there becomes a lot of questions, which I'm going to speak for our audience and pretend I know what they're thinking and then ask the question. So one of the questions that comes to mind is the first one is, well, what's everybody's KPIs? Like, what are y'all being measured on? If marketing is more of that awareness piece are you still responsible for the bottom line or are you more responsible for MQLs? Like where, what, let's talk, let's start with marketing and talk about how do you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? 100%. And that is exactly the very beginning part of what is the, the chat, the challenge we're facing is really what are those KPIs and how do we measure them? You know, we are still trying to, um, you know, we, I guess we're looking at it a couple different ways, right? We're looking at it as responses. So we've kind of decided that there are some KPIs around responses. So what are you driving? Um, we have reduced our form fills across the site. Um, you know, as we, <clears throat> as we're looking at how do we want to drive that we want to drive engagement, right? So Alex has really been part of this prior to me coming on, but you know, when they brought six cents in, it was really like, how do we look at, um, reducing some of those forms across everything, right? Is it leads or is it accounts? If we have something like Sixth Sense that shows us what accounts are doing, what we want them to get as engaged as they can and to binge as much content as they can without us throwing something, right? Like uh -huh. I know Latney was, I think you had Latney oh, yes. a little while and ago. And she was and very so much about ungating yeah. all of yeah. the things. Yeah. Yes. Right. So we really look at it as there are still going to be forms, but you know, like Pry one and Pry two. So our Pry one really is, you know, demos and trials. Like we do want to drive form fills there. We do want to know who's there. We want to be able to contact them. We want to help them through that process. They are kind of that that's a, a lead I'll say, you know, I'm putting air quotes around it that we want. Um, and then we're looking at kind of other responses in, in different manners. Um, so that's one of the KPIs that we're looking at. And then we want to look at where are people moving through the funnel? Like Alex said, 
we really are always trying to drive, you know, down to decision purchase so that we can, we actually increase engagement and have those um, accounts that are ready to really have conversations with us. Um, and then we do want KPIs around more of the ops and bookings, revenue type numbers. Um, we're still getting to a point yeah. that we can actually play there. Um, you know, I'd say that we have, we know what metrics we in an ideal world want to measure. We're still figuring out how to actually measure that and how to measure it in a way that, how to measure it in a way that we can continuously measure it and, um, and historically look at, at where we're gaining. So, um, that's still, still, still working on it. Um, and then as far as our, well, I'll let Alex talk a little bit about what I think the next question is, is how, how are our BDRs actually measured and gold on? Yeah. So the BDRs are obviously a little bit different, right? They don't, we don't necessarily look at their LinkedIn clicks or, um, so the BDRs are a little bit different, right? We're not looking at shares and links and clicks and those types of things. Um, right now we're measuring our inbound BDRs on call volume, meetings set. So when they book a meeting um, and then meetings attended, right? So obviously we know sometimes the meeting gets set, you've got people that don't show up, people that change their mind, people that have questions. So the BDRs are really focused on getting those meetings set and then getting those meetings fully attended. If someone doesn't attend a meeting, um, they can follow back up, right? Try to get them to rejoin, take another meeting. That will still count for them. But it's really just focused on that connection, right? One of the opportunities that WashGuard had before was we didn't have a team really focused on those inbound inquiries, right? They were going to our channel account team and the channel account team's got 200 plus partners that they're trying to manage and work with. So it's been a big value add just to have a team dedicated to those end user leads, those end user conversations. And so we really want to reward them for setting the appointment with the partner or the CAM or whoever the next right person is and just getting that on the books, right? Following up, getting as much okay. information as possible, getting those qualified appointments. And so that's what we're focused on right now. Kaya and I, like she said, we have a dashboard. So that's not to say we don't track opportunity value or closed one opportunities uh -huh. or anything like that. Um, but our team's also really new to sales. Um, we've got a really hungry young team. And so I think part of it is incentivizing them and encouraging them in the things that we know they're doing really well and that we've you know been working with them on and focusing there. And then, like I said, they're really flexible. They've been working with us. So that doesn't mean that doesn't change, right? We do um, accelerators or spiffs or promos every month on certain focus areas, but the team's just done a great job. And I mean, I don't think we've had a single month where they haven't blown over their numbers for meetings set and meetings attended, which is like, when I say that they're like 10 over the numbers that we thought were their stretch goals. Like it's crazy what they're doing right now. So it's just a lot of value and it's great to see it. The reaction from our channel team, from our partners, it's just been a really good experience in, in getting that set up for them. And we, like, I'd love to talk. So when we were looking to hire, we have two um, BDRs and then our lead BDR, Morgan, which we already talked a little bit about, but our, um, two BDRs, you know, we definitely hired for kind of culture fit and personality, right? Like we knew that we um, were still going to be developing the processes and understanding what the team needed. And we needed that kind of flexibility. Those people that were like, yeah, this is like, I want to be in on the ground floor. I want to like see 
what this is about. I want to be able to influence it. I want to be able to be part of, of this thing. That's going to be really fun. And I think we did a great job hiring, you know, they're, they didn't have BDR experience. They honestly were pretty junior and not a huge amount of work experience all up, but they've done an amazing job. Like Alex said, you know, meeting, beating. And then when we say, we'll say, you know, we thought this was a stretch goal. You guys are killing it. We have different, um, sources that you're getting, you know, the calls, the chats, whatever we need to increase your goal. Uh, you know, because you guys are, and they've been totally flexible about that and have understood that we're still kind of, there's going to be trial and error. So I think they've killed it. They've, they've, they were awesome hires. You know, I see a lot of stuff about, um, BDR, SDR hires and, and hiring kind of those that have experience or those that don't. And, you know, I think hire for personality, um, hire for culture fit. So. I think that's a testament though, to Morgan and yourselves in terms of the processes and the systems you've put in place, because it's all well and good to hire somebody who's green, but if you can't hand them a playbook, that's ready to rock and roll then they're not going to be as effective. So what was that process? Did you create a playbook? Did Morgan create a, what, how did you get the systems in place to be able to bring on these people who could just crush it? Go for it, Alex. <laughs> it's a great question. Um, no, I mean, I think it's, you know, I kind of hinted at this earlier, but we, Washer had a, an SDR team a few years back, right? So it's not like there was an onboarding deck or a training guide or anything in place, we were really building everything from scratch. And so we, I mean, luckily we've got great relationships with our sales leaders across the organization. So we were definitely able to build some starting points from them and work with them and kind of how do you train your team? And like, what are you doing? Some great internal already set learnings, but I mean, really the BDR started on like August 9th and Morgan started a week later. And from the minute Morgan got there, she, I think took like six hours to reacquaint herself with WatchGuard. And I was like, all right, cool. I can take over the check you, right? Like just jumped right in. And she did an amazing job of documenting everything as we went. And so for our current team, it was a lot of teams calls, call listening, seeing what Morgan's doing, hearing what she's kind of on the phone with a customer or chatting with a customer, but we did all of it remote, right? Like we did it virtually and she just did an amazing job giving them as much knowledge as she could. Um, and now we're at a point where we're building this very robust onboarding process and deck. But I mean, honestly, we did it as we went, right? We had some foundational pieces in place. We knew some of the areas we wanted to start on. Um, but we, like I said, we had a really flexible team and we really built it as we went. And one of the other things that I think, I'm really glad we did it this way, is we're a portfolio company. So we've got four product lines. We've got a ton of technical information to even learn. And we started with two. We started with two product lines that are kind of the ones you use every day, things that are a little bit more easy to understand our SaaS products. And we just started with those two. And we said, this is where they're going to focus. We're going to get them really well-trained here. And then we'll start bringing in some of those more complicated things, those more complicated products. And so we just rolled them out that way. And I think it took us maybe two and a half months total to get them fully onboarded in the portfolio, but they were doing the call and chat queue within three weeks of working at WatchGuard. And they were taking our endpoint and MFA trial and demo requests within a month of being here. So we were able to give them elements that they could start working on right away to get them that experience remotely 
without overwhelming them with like, okay, guys, now you're in charge of everything and kind of rolling it out that way. But it was Morgan really helped. I mean, Morgan's knowledge and experience definitely helped have a, an edge on how we, we did that. Morgan definitely did, but Alex, uh, deserves kudos as well. She definitely was the one that did a lot of the planning, a lot of the planning for onboarding. How are we, what, what does that look like for them to understand and learn the, the different portfolio products? Like when should we start this? How can we actually get them going in it? You know, she, she deserves big kudos on, on getting them on board and, and Morgan kind of took it and ran with it. And it's super exciting to have something that's going to be able to, to allow us to expand the team long-term and really onboard and provide all of that information that, you know, you don't, you don't always get uh, up front. So it's amazing. So because there's sales, you know, BDR and sales, similar action, I'd imagine who gets the, I mean, I know you guys are still figuring out metrics, so maybe this is part of it, but you know, part of being in sales is, is getting the, is closing the deal and getting credit for it. So like who, who gets the credit at the end of the day? I mean, it, it feels like there might be some friction there or, or is there not because of the way you guys set it up? I mean, I'll take a stab and then Kaya, you add anything else, but at the end of the day, you know, our BDR team is here to best enable WatchGuard and our partners. And so for them, it is, I think there's a lot of success for them in setting a meeting that turns into a second meeting or turns into an op or turns into a conversation with a partner. I mean, I guess ultimately, if you're looking at who closes it, it's going to be a partner. It's going to be one of our named or channel account managers. But we're so lucky at WatchGuard that the our sales leadership from the top down has been so supportive of the team of marketing leading it that we've got sales leaders that come to us and tell us every day things like your BDRs are killing it, or I can't believe they're doing this in outbounding. Outbounding's really hard. Like they really appreciate what our BDR team is doing. So yes, ultimately anything that closes is going to affect a channel account manager's bottom line and their quota number. But I can't, I don't think there's been a scenario where they've closed a big deal and haven't given props to the BDR or come back and said, Hey, you know, Liz, Rob, that was a great meeting you set for me it turned into this op. So, I mean, we're really lucky that there is a synergy and the BDRs are certainly getting acknowledged throughout the company, throughout our sales leadership. Um, and it's just been great, right? I think a lot of organizations, there can be friction between marketing and sales and not that we all haven't had our moments probably at some point, but we're really lucky at WatchGuard that we have a super supportive executive leadership team, as well as our sales leadership that have just been behind us 100% of the way, right? We've never had to fight for our space, fight for anything. A lot of it is us going saying, hey, do you guys want us to do this for you? And they're like, yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely, please do. So it's it's been a really great experience, I think, all in all. Yeah, yeah it, it sounds like the, um, so sorry, Kaya. Um, I, it just sounds like that the approach you took, Alex or, or Morgan or both of you or all of you is that it was essentially like, hey, SDRs, like, Guys have a lot on your plate. You guys are responsible for a lot. Like, let's take this thing off your plate that's so hard to do that we're we're just asking too much of you. Like, you need to focus on just closing those deals, and we're just going to feed them to you all day long. Like, that's pretty hard to turn down. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, so when you asked about about closing the business and the actual revenue, you know, the BDRs are not 
tied, you know, their, their comp is not tied to, to revenue. Um, and that was definitely a deliberate uh, decision that they really are tied to calls, which they fully, you know, as Alex said before, they fully control how many calls they actually make in a month and then meetings set and then those attended. And if they hit those, um, then they're golden. You know, we definitely look at what the revenue impact is and what the close one value is just because it's super exciting. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it enables the BDRs and the CAMs to really work together to close that, that business um, with CAMs being able to take that credit um, for, from the, the dollar side. Um, but yeah. I think that's really important because it sounds like you've had to really create sort of a different almost business model in the way that you approach BDRs in that incentive, incentivizing standpoint, um, which I think is key in separating BDRs versus SDRs. Like, I think that's what this whole conversation is, not this whole conversation, but a key element, if anybody who wants to go do this thing, like you really do need to think about BDRs as an extension of your marketing team that's taking this very big, heavy, hard thing off of the SDRs and enabling that in the long run, enabling the SDRs yeah. in the long run. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's the CAMs, right? So it's the channel account managers that they're really taking the heavy load off of. Um, but yes, it is definitely the, the idea is that you are oftentimes taking on what sales doesn't want, right? Like it's really hard to outbound. It's really hard to take, you know, even inbound calls, any kind of, any, any piece of that, you know, and, and oftentimes when you get to the cams or the SEs, they're, they really want to be in there closing the business, right? And, and opening the door is a really hard part and a lot don't necessarily want to be uh, cracking those doors open and, and, but finding those areas that you can really help sales as quickly as possible and really get them those opportunities as quickly as possible. And the more wins you have, the easier, the low hanging fruit wins you have, the more that suddenly they're like, oh, that was awesome. Like, what about this? And, and you kind of get more and more um, in your purview because they're, they're like, you guys are doing great jobs. Areas we don't necessarily want to play, happy for you guys to play there, so. And in our business model, it really all comes down to the success of our partners. And so for the CAMs, they're happy when their partners are happy. And so if we're able to pass new opportunities, new customers, new business, if we're able to make our partners really happy and successful, and those partners are coming back and telling their CAMs, hey, I just got this great opportunity from you guys, you know, keep it up. That's what makes the CAMs job easier, makes their conversations go better. And so that's really where our focus was when we talked about building a BDR team that's focused on end user business, right? It's not just how do we do this internally, it's how do we do this successfully to enable our partners? Because ultimately, if our partners are successful, that's where we're going to find success. And I think we've already seen that with our CAMs, you know, in the, the programs are running right now. And so that's been, like, like Kaya said, when you have those victories that you can talk about and share with the team, that's where everyone gets excited and it's like, yeah, you guys can do more. That sounds great. All right, two last questions for you. Um, the first one is from a user standpoint, from somebody coming in through this process, I mean, clearly it's been successful, um, otherwise you wouldn't still be doing it. Um, I feel like there's always a bit of hesitation in 
in that when people are being passed off from person to person or, you know, when there's a lot of clicks or whatever, like there's more chance for fall off. It, is that a worry? Is that the case? What sort of your, the user experience going through this, how have you made it feel really seamless? Or, I mean, maybe you're still working on that, but I'm just curious of that user experience end to end. I guess go, I'll go first. Yeah, go like kind of <laughs> I think that when we started looking at this, again, like our business model is very focused on our channel partners, how we enable and empower them. So it was a different challenge for us to really look at the end user side, right? Like making sure that this experience was just as seamless for prospective customers and end users coming through it as it is for handing it off to our partners. And so, you know, when the BDRs get someone on the phone, they have a call they are working with that end user up until the point that they take the meeting with the CAM. So there's no kind of weird handoff. They're setting the meeting directly with the CAM. They're making sure it gets booked. They can go in and follow up. If there's any challenges or issues, the end user can always come back to the BDR. And so I think what we've seen is for our customers and our, our prospects, it's just another person they can go to. And again, our BDRs have just really like grown into this role and have done such a great job. But I, we have some end users that come back to them for more information. Hey, I wanted to ask you about this product line now. Like, what? Where can I get started here? And they're kind of handing that that torch and taking them to the the camera, the partner again. And so they've done a great job of that. But it definitely was a challenge to make sure that process was seamless and that we were also focused on creating a good end user experience all the way through to getting them to the camera, the partner. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's a few pieces that we're still figuring out. Like you said, we haven't got down fully, but I think that a, a big piece of what we were trying to accomplish was um, added value and not more complication, right? So, so it's really that they are taking that, I'm here to help you. What can I do? Let me get you to the right person, but in a qualifying, continuing the conversation way. Um, and I think that something we haven't touched on um, so far, maybe we won't today, but the other piece that Alex really put in place was a partner pilot program where we are able to actually, with a group of partners, hand um, directly from the BDR to the partner. Um, and so if you think about that, you're talking about an end user that is a potential customer for us. And realistically, our partners are very relationship is part of our relationship too, right? So it's navigating two relationships and kind of getting them to date in a way, right? Getting them to, to partner up um, and to, to pass that, make that introduction, um, being a matchmaker too. Um, and so I think that there's been value there, but they have a kind of a, a very interesting dance, uh, interesting dance to do there and, and making that kind of partnership, so. Uh, so I have more questions. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I want people to feel empowered to go do this. I think it's so interesting. So, um, all right. Clearly, I, I hope we've sold it at this point. Like if you have your marketing team and your sales team, and there's just like this gap in between of like, how do we help bring somebody through and make sure they're like ready to really go and take them to the sales team and do some and do that outbound outreach to get them on the phone to get them to book that meeting, then this is like a clear solution that you could lead into in separating your, your BDR and your SDR and that outbound versus an inbound. 
in terms of impact, you guys have sort of alluded to some numbers. I don't need hard numbers, but clearly this has made an impact. And I know you're still trying to figure out the marketing impact of all of this, but like it seems to be going well. So can you just quantify in some fashion of like what kind of growth you've seen from this? Or maybe I have to come back to you in like a little bit to get those. But I'm just curious of like, you guys say, you keep saying you're so excited about the numbers and what you've been seeing. So is that the meetings that have been booked? Is that is that the actual is that the actual opportunities created? What's making you excited? There's so many things. And there's, I mean, I think... (laughs) I have the, I have the dashboard up literally all the time. Yeah. Like it's never yeah. no, I not have it on my yeah. computer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think so just to give you like some examples, the team really started booking meetings in October of last year, right? Like we trained them in August and September and we set incremental goals. So like our plan was in December for the team to book 20 meetings, have 20 meetings booked and 16 meetings attended each, right? And they went 150% of both of those numbers, like easily, right? Like I think they were almost 200% of their meetings attended number. So it's just, it's just that we raised the number in January and it's not even, we're just over the halfway point of the mark, the month. And they're at like 80% of their number for Jan. I mean, it's just, we increase the number every month and we think, oh, this is, we might get them this month. Like this will be a stretch goal and they just blow us away. So, I mean, it's just- We had a play on the ramp. We had a play on the ramp. And then that, that was- going well and then December happened and we're like it's December this should be a challenging sales month uh-huh. you know, to some degree yeah. especially for beginning sales closing okay you might get those that just like need to close to get the budget but beginning the conversation no and they killed it and so we were like at the beginning of January like well we really need to rethink what this <laughs> looks like and they're killing it again and so yeah it's, it's been amazing exciting. but yeah no it's fun to look at. I mean we both literally will like send each other screenshots yeah we yeah yeah, we hit refresh and we're like it won't refresh in more than once in in more than one time in a minute right and then you're like send it you know screen cap and uh, send it in teams to each other did you see this this is crazy so yeah it's fun and I think on the outbounding side that's a little bit fresher for us right we're still working Mm -hmm. that but even at that Morgan still had some great meetings some great conversations that are coming out of essentially nothing, right? Like it's not someone that's interacting with us. It's not necessarily someone who even knows us. And they're, she's booking these meetings where it's, I'm definitely interested. This is a project for this timeline. Let's get another follow-up on the book. So, I mean, even our outbounding side, it's just been really exciting because we know how challenging that is. So it's, it's And you know, that outbounding realistically, you know, it's, it's a much longer cycle than, than inbound. Right. And so, you know, 60 to 90 days plus, plus, plus is not, unusual there. So we know we're not going to see huge gains for a little while, but it's building the groundwork slowly and with personalization and with all the different channels to, to actually get the, the end to the end goal at some point, but without the pressure that, that maybe there is otherwise. Well, I'm stoked for both of you and I'm going to follow up and see how it's going later this year um, as the groundswell starts to happen. Yeah, I I think think this is awesome. I think, you know, from our perspective, there's also, you know, if people are thinking about doing this, there are a few other benefits that marketing gets, right? The direct feedback. You think about that these are, um, the BDRs are the ones at the front line. They're having the conversations. They understand what 
you know, people are looking for from an inbound perspective, potentially from those, the things that you need to highlight better on your website to what conversations are have, being had that could actually be automated by some kind of chat bot. What, um, what are the topics that they're truly interested in? How do you use what information they're getting to then influence the rest of your marketing and your MarTech stack? Like, right? Like yeah. this, there's huge opportunities. With there, direct so. line. Yeah. With direct line, your potential customer who's just been through the experience. What was that experience and how did it go and how can you make it better? Yeah. yeah it's what are they actually interested in? What do they actually want? What do they, what are, what are the questions that are being asked? Um, what are the personas that you're actually talking to? So. That's a whole other rabbit hole that I wish we had time for. Um, if you're interested in this and you want to, and I'll have all your contact details in my, in the next part when we wrap up here, because I do want to get to my people first questions. Cause I think they're so, it, it's just a nice bow on this. Um, oh, yeah, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> and I'm going to start. Okay. okay. We're, we're headed into, we're headed into the, to the outro here, people. It's been a wild ride and I will get you all the details to both Kaya and Alexa. So you can follow up with them and learn more because wow, is this a game changer? Um, yes. So in terms of my people first questions, again, these are questions that just allow us to get to know each other a bit better and realize that we're all marketers. We're more than just marketers, right? So my three questions for you. The first one is, have you picked up any new hobbies uh, in the last two years now, given given the change of events in the world. And I'll start, I'll start with Alex on this one. Oh, I don't know if it's a hobby. Um, I had a toddler, I had a baby at the beginning <laughs> of 2020. So that has been quite a change for me in the last two years. Um, basically a hobby, my other full-time job, but yes, he is, my son is wild. He's a ton of fun, but I, I don't know that I have time for anything other than work, taking care of him and eating and sometimes going outside. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I would um, say that I've expanded a hobby that already existed, but I definitely doubled down, uh, in, in the hobby. I, um, in October, I ran my first full marathon. So I definitely have spent a lot of time running in the last two years. I was actually training for a full marathon, um, in, uh, in early 2020 when everything shut down. And of course that marathon was canceled um, and kind of slowed, slowed the training down and then picked it back up. And so in 2021, I ran a total of a thousand miles. Um, and Alex, you know, sometimes doesn't love when I go for a run because it's also a place for me to kind of clear my head and to have new work thoughts. So I'll oftentimes come back with, I know what we should do. And she's like, oh no, more work, more work for me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop running. <laughs> that is awesome. And way to get outside and get that fresh air. It's uh, It's been hard, especially when the weather shifts. Um, yay, yay to babies. Um, second question for y'all is, uh, if you could be the office together, which I can't imagine the dynamic, just the two of you alone would have the energy, it would be fantastic. Um, but if you all could be in the office together and you could have music playing overhead to sort of set the tone and the vibe, what song would you want playing? And I'll start with 
I'm going to let Alex go on. She has, <laughs> she already has her, like, she knows if oh, she's yeah. going on stage, she's got her theme song. I not so much, but she has her theme song. So I'll, yeah. And realistically, if we were in this scenario, I feel like Kaya would let me set the music. So I just yeah, feel like hundred yeah, percent. So for me, I mean, my like number one top choice is going to be anything by Beyonce. So I just feel like it would be the queen, the queen Bay playlist. Um, I have my own walk-up song from Beyonce, which is Diva, because obviously let's be real, but I just have like a, there's no scenario where you can't find a good Beyonce song. And so I just, we would be fine. We would be ready to go. Have it set. Yeah. Building right. a playlist now. Diva will be on the, the Spotify playlist for, for season 11. So get, let's Perfect. Go. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Kaya, do you want to add in your, what you would be playing? We're going to leave it to Alex. I'm going to leave it to Alex. I'm going to let her DJ. <laughs> to you, girl. To you. Can't go wrong with Beyonce. All right, last question for y'all. I'm going to start with you, Kaya, so get ready. Yep. Um, yep. If you could travel to anywhere in the world with no restrictions, no holds bar, just get out there and see something, where would you go and why? Um, I think this is actually probably not what people are thinking. Like, I'd like to be alone in, like, a... Um, one of the overwater, um, like kind of resort areas. And I, I know everybody's been alone for a long time. So that's probably not what people are, are feeling, but kind of the, the little like over the water where you just dive in and you can kind of just totally relax, totally zone out. Just, yeah, just me and kind of nothing else around. I know, very it. contrary to where I think everybody no. else is right now. Everybody I mean, like, you, I <laughs> if you live in a house with other people, especially children, I think there's some parents that would not along with you. Yeah. So, I, or I, you, or you spent, you know, the last two years on Teams and Zoom calls too. Right? That too, Just need fresh air and nobody talking at you. 100. Yeah, exactly. Alex, where would you go? I don't even know. I mean, I think for me. My like initial response is I'd like to go over to Spain. My husband and I went to Madrid for like a hot second, but half my team's based out of Spain and I've never met them. So I feel like, I mean, I've met them in like Zoom and but like to meet them in person. And I feel like this time we would have like real tour guides around all of Spain. So I feel like it would be a much better, our trip was great, but like they would just know all the things and the places to eat. So that's my first initial reaction. Nico's already told me he's got his bar at his house ready to go uh -huh. so I feel like I feel like that would be my first choice to go out there finally meet that team that I've worked with for two years and have never met in person and really get to see Spain this time I know Spanish I don't know Spanish but that's okay that's why yeah. I got yeah I got my team they can they'll help me yeah. they'll take me yeah. around there you <laughs> go fun fun fact I mean totally so COVID I have yet to meet anybody on my team in person <laughs> which is pretty crazy crazy yeah same there's people I have not met it's sort of nuts yeah um and a whole new world of remote living and and pandemic so we are it's 2022 and we are still here talking about the pandemic and uh <laughs> that's just the way we roll so that's why these are so awesome so thank you both for joining me it was so so good to unpack something that I think is so powerful for everybody to just get out there and start figuring out. Um, I think it's going to be a game changer in terms of personalization. And as cookies go away and as we think through like that user experience, like this is a really great opportunity for people to lean into. So thank you both for coming on and sharing your experience. Thank you. I think we both Absolutely. had a ton Thanks of fun. Thanks for having us. Yes. Yeah. Ton of fun.
Mulțumesc! That was my conversation with Kaya Adams and Alexandria McWethy. Are you ready to build your team of business development representatives? Follow up with Alex and Kaya. Their LinkedIn profile links are in the show notes. Be sure to connect and learn more. In this next episode, I chat with Hannah Jakover, where we talk about all things Web3. This is a whole new world for me. And Hannah was an awesome guide. Stay on and the autoplay will take you there. Thank you for tuning in to season 11. This episode is brought to you by MKG Marketing, our digital marketing agency that helps cybersecurity and data companies get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. It's hosted by me, Carrie Gard, CEO and co-founder of MKG, music mix and mastering done by Austin Ellis. And if you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketinginc.com to apply.